The following message by Apostle Dr. Dana Carson is made possible by DCKM Partners, assisting people to know God, making Him known to others, and spreading the kingdom message around the world. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from the Kingdom Voice. In this gospel of the kingdom shall be spread Welcome to the Kingdom Voice broadcast with Dr. Dana Carson. Today's message is coming from the powerful series, Kingdom Power. In today's message, Dr. Carson talks about the kingdom among Israel, coming from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. What happened to Israel and the kingdom uh, in history and time? Here your nutshells. One, God established with Israel the kingdom mentality. The kingdom mentality. What do you mean the kingdom mentality? Well, the kingdom mentality is simply this. Boy, I've got to move fast. One is the kingdom mentality is you have to be a people of vision. Okay, so God dwelled among the tabernacle. In a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And so they had to keep their eye on the cloud and the cloud would move. And when the cloud moved, there was no warning. There was no lightning, no thunderstorms. Once the cloud got to move and moving, then you had to pack up and move with no warning. They would blow the trumpet, the cloud is moving. And then they, they assembled around the tabernacle in order. And who was first? Judah. Judah was the nearest of all of the tribes to the tabernacle. So God says metaphorically, Whenever there is a move or a time of movement or a time of chaos, the first thing you do is you send Judah first. Now, I wish I had time to really talk about that. Yahuda, praise belongs to God. Send praise first. So when things start moving in your life and you had no warning, you don't know what to do and things are chaos, send Judah first. Don't send panic first. Don't send fear first. Send Judah first. So, so vision. And then the Ark of the Covenant that's in the most holy place, which means the Ark represents the alliteration of my four Ps. Protection through covenant. When you are kingdom-minded, you understand that you are covenant people, and he that touches you touches the apple of God's eye. But now you're in covenant with God because you embrace the yoke of Torah. You can't ask God to perpetuate, to protect you when you're not perpetuating him. I'm, I'm, look, I know God got me, okay, but do you have God? 
relationship, what do you do? Now watch this. This is the kingdom. I'm working you to the New Testament now. I'm getting there. May not seem like it, but I am. Now, in that Ark of the Covenant, on the top, the mercy seat, protection through covenant. That's where the blood goes. Inside of that ark, in that acacia wood box, three items. Aaron's rod that budded, which means God chooses his own divine leadership. Aaron's rod budded when God told him to take the branch, break it off from the tree, and while the others remained on the tree, God says, the one that buds, that's the one that I'm choosing for leadership. And that was Aaron's rod. And the next day, flowers and everything was everywhere. It budded. So God said, Aaron is my choice for leadership, for high priest. Now, put that in the box. So now you have the protocol of leadership. If you cannot follow leadership, you cannot be in the kingdom. All you military and ex-military folk, you know how important that is. Even if you're sitting by an idiot that don't like leadership and always rebelling against leadership, you know you couldn't survive in in the military without order. Now, God says kingdom people Respect leadership. Well, I don't need no leader. That's because you're not in the kingdom. Tear. Tear your butt. Now, ain't nobody leading over you. This is where we are today in the body of Christ. After COVID, People are now saying they do not believe in organized religion because they've been able to stream and watch themselves, decide for themselves. They don't have to be involved in nothing. All they have to do is send a little money and they feel like I'm good with God. That's not kingdom minded. Protocol through leadership. Who's your leader? What leadership are you under? Who's your, who's your man of God? Jesus gave a raving indictment against the church of Laodicea. It says that you're naked. You don't have a covering. Who is your covering? I'm not talking about who likes you, who watches for you. Well, how can you watch for people? Listen. The kingdom is a supernatural kingdom. It could be 5,000 of you. But when I pray, I pray for all 5,000 of you. Because that's my mandate because God added you to this church. Who has the assignment of watching for your soul? And if need be, you can get it, you can touch with leaders, even if it's not me, you can touch with other pastors in here, elders in here, ministers and deacons. There is a leadership team that's ready to serve you in leadership. But if you're not connected to a leader, then you are 
church. The invisible church. Why would God have them put that rod in that case? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Now, then he said, put the Ten Commandments in there. It's only one copy. So that tells you how important the rod was. Because the one copy of the Ten Commandments was associated with the one rod that budded, which lets you know that one leader was responsible for teaching those Ten Commandments, not just anybody. So that means then we have parameters. Parameters that are set through the Word of God, kingdom-minded. If your parameters are not set by God, but they're set by your situational and subjective ethics, that's not the kingdom. Then, manna from heaven, a piece of manna, put it in there. That is the priority of provision through faith. God says, put that manna in there and remind them they've got to trust me for their daily bread. And whenever they don't trust me for their daily bread, what they're trusting in will become like worms. Now, this is what God gives them. Then the second thing we discover is Israel later on refuses then to go into Canaan. Canaan is the geography of God. Now, when they refuse to go into Canaan, what happens? What happens is in Numbers 14, they became afraid of the challenge. When you're not in the when you're afraid, you forget who your king is. Now, I want you to hear me. They became afraid, Manny, and the first thing they requested was new leadership. When people get offended, when people become afraid, when people don't want to step out, the first thing they look for is a new leader. And it's a backward leader. And some people say, I don't want to go to a ministry where they're so aggressive. I don't want to go to a ministry and they're always talking about going to the world. I want to go someplace that's safe. And so, challenge can make you return to your vomit. <clears throat> Thus, Israel said, let us select a leader and go back to Egypt. Do you hear those words? Let us go back to Egypt. Back to bondage. Why? Back to bondage rather than have cutting edge faith. I don't want to trust God. I don't want to believe God for the enormous. I don't want to believe God. So now what happens? The text in Numbers said that they rebelled and God interpreted it in verses 9 and 11 as rejection. When God gives you a vision to do something and you become afraid and not do it, it's not a neutral act. God sees it as rebellion and rejection. He 
says you're rejecting me? I told you to go into Canaan. No, we're not going. That's too much. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. I'm sorry. Pray for me, but I can't do it. What God sees it as rebellion and rejection. And so then what does God say? Because he's now their king. They embraced him as king. You said you were going to trust me. Now, he says to Moses, how long must I put up with these people? Then he says, how long will they not believe me? And he says, I will strike them with pestilence and famine. This is what he said. Why? Because they refused to go in. Look to your neighbor and say, uh, don't go back and don't refuse to go in. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I don't care how long, how difficult things get. You stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I don't care how murky things are. I don't care how scary things are. You understand that it ain't about what you can do. It's about what your God can do. Listen, if God brought you there, God will bring you through. God says, just speak to that mountain and tell that mountain to be moved. And God says, and I'll move that mountain because I'm in covenant with you. I gave you the order. You go forth. I do not raise up scary people. I do not raise up fear, fearful people. I raise up faithful people. People that would adhere the call. Many of us, <coughs> many of us never become the supernatural person that God wants us to be because when we see the enormity of what God is telling us to do, the first thing we do is shrink back. Rethink it. Maybe that wasn't God. I'm confused. God says that's rebellion. Thus, they, the people violated Moses. They rejected God. Joshua then takes these people in. He takes them in, a new leadership, after a whole generation has to die off. God will kill off a generation in order to raise up a generation that will obey. I never want to be a part of a generation that God has to jump over to raise up another generation. You need to understand God is an eternal God, so time does not bother him. He has all the time in the world. But I don't want to be the generation that God's got to leapfrog over me in order to find a person and a people that he can use. If the Lord wants to use somebody, I tell him, Lord, send me, I'll go. So I want you to see this in the kingdom and time in history. What happened? Then after that, Israel asked for their own king. They asked for their own king. 
After Joshua came the judges. Once they got settled in Canaan, once they started to prosper, they started to go off. There is something about your financial success. He said, God says, when I bring you to that place where you have your own houses and you get wealth, do not say that it is by my own hands that I've acquired this wealth. For it is the Lord who gives you the power to get wealth in order to fulfill his covenant. Now, beloved, I want you to see, he blesses them and they start going down. And so Judges talks about all of those people that every time Israel went off, they did suffered consequence. And then God had to raise up a judge, Gideon, Samson, Deborah, all of these. He had to raise up these judges, these charismatic figures who had a supernatural anointing on their lives to lead them out of captivity and bondage into right relations with God. Till finally, they said, we want a king like everybody else. So then Israel, in the Old Testament, in history, they create the historic kingdom with Saul, David, Solomon. And then <coughs> after, after Solomon, the kingdom splits. Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Why does it split? Because they become misfocused and they do not serve God. And so now in 722 BC, the northern kingdom goes into exile. And then in 586 BC, the southern kingdom goes into exile. The southern kingdom was comprised of Judah and 50% of Benjamin. Ten and a half tribes were part of the northern kingdom. And then God uses Jeremiah to write against the southern kingdom. And God is upset because he says to the southern kingdom, you didn't learn from the mistakes of the northern kingdom. And so then they go into exile. Now Israel is in exile. So what does that mean? That means now God's kingdom is on hold. Because the people that are supposed to be representing him in a geography no longer have the freedom to represent him. Why? Because they disobeyed God. They rebelled and rejected him. And thus... They found themselves in exile. And so what becomes the hope of Israel and the kingdom? We find them in the writings of the prophets. So Isaiah says in Isaiah 9, he says unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And he talks about his name. Y'all don't like me. Y'all ready to go home? Y'all no, y'all ready? Y'all ready to go home now? Yeah. Thus, the prophet says it ain't over till it's over. 
Look to your neighbor and say it ain't over till it's over. God always has a ram in the bush. Thus David was the greatest king of Israel. And David was a kingdom man. He wrote what is called the majestic or the royal psalms. He says, oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth? David asked the question, who is the king of glory? Then he answers, the Lord strong and mighty and mighty in battle. Thus, Isaiah writes that the Messiah will come and he will sit upon the throne of David, which means the kingdom will be restored. Thus, when Jesus says to them in the prayer, pray, may your kingdom continue to be established. Pray that the throne of David will now be fulfilled and will move onward and onward and onward unto the refreshing of the Lord. <clears throat> Thus, the prophets let us know <clears throat> The prophets let us know that though Israel is in exile, and I want you to understand, Luther, Martin Luther wrote in his book, The Babylonian Captivity of the Church. Though the church is in captivity and though the people of God are in bondage our king is coming again I'm going to say it again our king is coming again and if you've not understood that he's the king from the writings of David if you've not understood that he's not the king from the writings of the Torah Isaiah said, I'm not going to tell you what I heard. I'm going to tell you what I saw. Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting on the throne. And around him were seraphims. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they covered their eyes. And with two wings, they did fly. And they said in the Hebrew term, Kadosh, 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 Yahweh, Sabaoth. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of an army. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. in battle hence beloved this brings us to a bridge over troubled waters 
this brings us to a time of transition. It brings us to the time between the testaments where Israel is in bondage, Assyrian, Babylonian, Persian, and Roman, and Greco-Roman bondage. And it sets up now our teaching for the kingdom in the now. Thank you for listening to the kingdom teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org slash TV. For more kingdom teachings and transformational messages, subscribe to our YouTube page at Dr. Dana Carson. The Kingdom Theological Seminary offers a quality yet affordable theological education for those seeking to increase their kingdom biblical knowledge. A recent survey revealed a widespread confusion about the Bible's teachings and a drift away from biblical truths. In America's secular culture, studying the truth of God is no longer relevant and some believe it should be relegated to the educational systems. In order for people to become eternally significant, one must know, learn, and understand the Bible and how it relates to them in a 21st century culture. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is designed with this in mind. At KTS, kingdom-minded leaders and laymen will become a part of a kingdom movement that is training and equipping people through the Word of God void of the Romanization, Europeanization, colonization, westernization, and Americanization of the gospel. KTS is a hybrid learning experience with online classes with a focus on kingdom and Pentecostal studies, as well as special weekend activities and classes to meet the needs of busy students from around the world. The master and doctoral programs at the Kingdom Theological Seminary are unique and diverse programs designed to prepare and equip you for various aspects of 21st century kingdom ministry. The hybrid approach to seminary gives us the opportunity to have various professors from around the world, such as Dr. Trevor Grizzle, Dr. Brad Young, Dr. Joseph Walker, and more teaching and equipping you with a top-shelf understanding of Scripture. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is the seminary of the future and is preparing kingdom leaders for 21st century ministry. Find out more at ktseminary.com and prepare to expand your biblical understanding. Visit ktseminary.com. Some people believe that physical gathering is optional based on the reality that the church was forced to provide online-only services due to the mandatory physical restrictions of the late COVID-19 pandemic. But what does God say? Dr. Dana Carson, the 21st century kingdom voice, has come to the rescue once again. In his new book, Why We Gather, Is Physical Gathering an Option? He has thoroughly searched the scriptures and brought to light God's expectation for the church from the Older Testament to the Newer Testament to our contemporary church context. Discover what the Bible teaches about physical church gathering and how it applies to your life. Order your copy of this dynamic book today at drdanacarson.org. That's drdanacarson.org. Experience. Grow. Connect. Connect to vision. Connect to family and friends. Connect in worship. But most importantly, connect to God. 
This summer at The Rock, we want to help you move forward. Here's your chance to experience and connect to God in every area of your life. Come grow with us at The Rock. Not just another church, but a kingdom experience. Thank you for watching The Kingdom Voice. We thank you for investing your time and attention into the kingdom teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. For more information about the Kingdom Voice and additional kingdom resources from Dr. Carson, visit our website at drdanacarson.org.